And welcome to the Bleacher Connection Presents Are You Kidding Me? With your hosts, Ken and Trevor. You can find Trevor at the BleacherCon 1. I'm at the BleacherCon 2. We have our Facebook page, the Bleacher Connection Podcast, and our site, thebleacherconnection.podbean.com, where you can find all of our episodes, our regular weekly episodes, and Are You Kidding Me? Trevor, how's it going tonight? Uh, it is ridiculously hot here in Alberta right now, uh, roughly have- plus 38, which is for any of our U.S. listeners, that's about 100, 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, you know, we're not accustomed to that. You know, we're, we're typically in the 75 to 80 degree range. This is brutal. I, I, you guys may hear a little hum in the background while I've got a, a high-powered jet sitting next to me trying to cool me off here. It is ridiculous yeah not gonna hide the fan sounds tonight this it is it's brutal i said to you i'd rather have minus 25 right now that's where i'm at with this i I, give me the minus 25 this is not a chance yeah well you didn't get the uh the the fun of standing on the side of the highway on uh, sunday afternoon as uh you know my car broke down unfortunately and Standing there on the side of the highway was roughly plus 35 for about an hour and a half. Yeah, that was not fun. I, uh, not something I was ready for and holy smokes. I yeah. was, when I got home that night, I was like, yeah, babe, this is good. <laughs> Just yeah. lying in front of a fan all night. <laughs> Probably had to wring your clothes out a couple times. Oh, yeah, it's, it's been brutally hot here and, and the, even in BC is getting, getting it bad too. Lytton BC is set three consecutive days worth of records for the hottest temperature in Canada, not for the day, not for the area, hottest temperatures in Canada. It's just, it's insane right now. We're not used to it. And it's, it's not fun. No, it's not fun. I, uh, I don't have air conditioning in my house, so this is not fun at all. No, we got the portable ones and they're, they're doing what they can. That's about yeah. all I can say is they're, they're working overtime right now. Well, Ken, as you mentioned, this is, the Bleacher Connection presents Are You Kidding Me? And this is episode three of our new show. Again, for our new listeners, this is a chance where Ken and I kind of pick a couple of topics that have happened and we just go off. We kind of, not a lot of preparation goes into this. It's very from the heart. It's what do we think? What are our initial reactions? And why is it a bunch of bullshit sometimes? So last week we did an episode on the uh, sticky situation in baseball Ken and I actually had some differing opinions on this. He uh, he was all in on the pitchers deserve to be made a mockery. And I was kind of like, well, hold on a second here. But, you know, if you get a chance, go back and listen to it because we didn't see eye to eye on it. And we didn't necessarily hold back either. But I feel vindicated in this because I believe it was a Seattle Mariners pitcher got busted. Not on day one, like – how, almost a week into it of checking for this, he gets busted and a 10 game suspension. And of course, oh, I don't no, know no, how no, it got no, there. No. Hang on. 10 game paid vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he got busted. And there was even a video that came out uh, from a bullpen camera that caught, I don't know. I can't remember who it was. doesn't really matter, but you can see whether it was icy hot or some hot cream going on. One of the bullpen coaches comes over wearing gloves and applies something to the pitcher's underarm nice. area. Nice. So, I didn't see that. 
got busted on camera. I'm sure that pitcher got checked quite a bit. Uh, usually you don't want a pitcher going in when you have to put icy hot or whatever on their shoulder to pitch. That usually leads to Tommy John surgery and an extended time on the injury list. Yeah. So I feel somewhat vindicated that someone was dumb enough to get caught knowing that they were going to get checked. So he was the first, he won't be the last. We no, know we no. said on the episode last week, they're going to find creative ways to do this, to still cheat and they're going to get caught. But again, it's, it's just like, it's a huge black eye for baseball. Listen to last week's episode, check it out. Cause it is some awesome banter back and forth on that topic. Ken, we've picked two topics this week that we really want to discuss and both of them have happened in the last pretty much 24 hours. Before we get into those two topics, do you have any honorable mentions that you kind of want to touch on here quickly? Well, for me, one of them is coming out of the Euros. Now, based on when the Euros are being played and the fact that uh, sometimes I'm a huge soccer fan, but it's tough to watch on TV. And I haven't been keeping up with who's who on all the That's not just the time zones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, huge upset. When it comes to the knockout stage of the round of 16, France, European powerhouse, uh, they were the, the defending champions, I believe. They got eliminated by Switzerland. The Swiss had a one nothing lead at the half, and France came out and scored three goals in the second half early. Game Went up 3-1. You would think it was game over, but... There's a twist. It's like an M Night Shyamalan produced soccer game. The so it Swiss, <laughs> well, not everything. Early <laughs> days of M Night Shyamalan, you know, Sixth Sense kind of twist. Uh, the Swiss come back and tie it, go to extra time, no score. They go to penalties, and the Swiss won. I think it was five three or four three in the penalty kicks. Huge upset. Are you kidding me? I don't think anyone saw that coming. If the Bill C. 28 or whatever it is for single game betting had passed. I think a lot of people would have made money on betting on Switzerland as a, as an underdog upset. Yeah. I don't follow soccer. So I'm not really going to chime in on that. Uh, the, the, the big thing from the euros for me so far is every team from the group of death has been eliminated. That was supposed to be the best you know division in the whole tournament and they're all gone. So but again, that's about the extent of my soccer knowledge. I'm not going to pretend to uh, to know a whole lot. I'm just stealing from what I read on Twitter there. <laughs> I got to go in a, in a slightly different route than you, and I got to go to the CFL and the Canadian Football League. This week, one of the members of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders decided that they were going to sit out for a season. And I, for one, and you have me recorded on this, I actually agree with this and I fully support this Saskatchewan Rough Riders decision. I hate the Rough Riders, so I do not. I'm actually wearing a Stampeders jersey as we speak. I hate the Rough Riders, but I got to give some credit where it's due. And I'm talking about Brendan LeBat, who the guy's been double vaccinated. A lot of the players have. And the, the CFL has rules where these players still essentially have to quarantine for an entire season to play this year. And Labatt more or less said, screw that. I've already spent two summers quarantining. I want to go camping with my family. I want to hang out with my kids. 
CFL, are you kidding me? You can't come up with something better than that to let these guys still have lives. They've already been quarantined for two summers and you're going to do it for a third. So all the power to Brendan LeBac. What an awesome decision. I'm sure he's not going to be the only one. And he's putting his family ahead of his career right now because he goes, I haven't got to hang out with my family and, and do stuff for a couple of years. So that's just awesome. I fully respect that. I'm a family man myself. We've got lots of summer plans and we're not letting anything get in the way of that either. So I get it. Thank you, Brendan LeBar. Yeah, I think I agree. You got to do what's best for your family and you got to look at what your options are. Derek Dennis, who uh, was on the show, he decided it wasn't worth him being away for his family to play this year. So he's not, he's not retiring like a lot of other players have, but he's not going to play and potentially will come back next year and, and, and play again when it makes sense for him. A lot of these players have taken jobs uh, where it's more beneficial for them and their family to stay at those jobs. than come play football for 18 weeks with playoffs potentially. Right. And I don't, I don't, I don't mind that decision. And Brandon Banks, Speedy B, Ooh, is now yeah. questioning whether he's going to come or play because he doesn't see the reward being enough to leave his family and things. And this is where I say, CFL, are you kidding me? Now, I think we have to preface this. I, I don't know if this is CFL regulation or if this is something that the Canadian government has put yeah. on the teams that have said you need to quarantine. But CFL, if it's not your decision, you got to fight it. And if it is your decision, you need to look at other leagues like the NHL, like Major League Baseball, like the NFL that has different rules for non-vaccinated players and fully vaccinated players. And if that's the case, let the fully vaccinated players do their thing. I 100% agree. Another honorable mention I want to touch upon here, and this actually just came out today, is... Apparently, Duncan Keith wants to be traded from the Chicago Blackhawks. And there's rumors that it's going to happen to either the Pacific Northwest, so that's Seattle or Vancouver, or Western Canada. Well, that'd be Edmonton or Calgary. Well, I guess Vancouver. You could lump them in there, too. Who cares? Duncan Keith's best days are behind him. And I saw on Oilers' Twitter some of the media kind of going, well, you know, he'd be a really good, you know, top four, number four defenseman, blah, 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 blah. The guy's got a 5.3 million cap hit. Like unless Chicago's eating half of that, then it's not even worth it. The guy has what 42 points combined in the last two seasons. This coming from a guy who used to be a 60 point player. Like he's still serviceable, can skate, but to get excited about this, are you kidding me? Like, this is a guy well past his prime. He's not a big name anymore. So I don't get it. I think the Chicago Blackhawks could have stolen our show for Are You Kidding Me? When Duncan Keith and his agent maybe went to them and said, hey, we'd like to look at getting traded out west. Are you kidding me? Absolutely we will help do that for you. Because yeah. this will get them out of that huge – like, he's not going to get paid a lot of money over the next two years, but the cap hit is huge. So if they can get rid of that, cause they're apparently wanting Seth Jones or Dougie Hamilton. So for them, we're like, absolutely. We'll get rid of you. Yes, Seabrook's please. yeah. Seabrook's off the books. Cause he, he retired. So yeah, it's one of those contracts that they were trying to 
probably find a way to get rid of anyways, gone. And they got uh, Jonathan Taves announced today that he's going to be back next year. So that's money back on the books. They got to find a way to cut salary to try and land some big fish while they think they can still win right now. So, yeah, uh, for me personally, I don't want to see him in Vancouver, not because of the, the animosity that the fan base and the team would have against him for what happened to get back in the playoffs with the Sedins, but just because I think it would be so much funnier to see him end up in Calgary or Edmonton and see what happens there. I mean, just because they're, you know, rivals, Seattle, whatever. I, if they take him, they take him, whatever. It's a big name they can sell. It kind of makes sense for Seattle, honestly, because it's a name name player you can brand around for two years, yeah. maybe longer, right? You throw a C on him. He's your leader for a bit, whatever. They can make that big splash right off the hop, but I really don't want to see him in Vancouver. The Canucks have enough cap issue as it is. I don't think we don't need, like they talked about it on Sportsnet uh, 650. If you bring in Keith, does Edler come back? And on my head, I'm like, well, you'd end up with both of them. And that's just, no, not a chance. You already have Edler that you got to figure out that probably shouldn't be back. Why bring in Keith, who is probably even a step behind? Well, no, he got some points last year and some goals, so he's ahead of Edler. And one last honorable mention before we jump into it, and we're not going to talk about this much because what he said is just so far. Stupid. Stupid is a good word for it. Gary Bettman. Are you kidding me? We have the best referees in the world. No, you don't. No. No, you don't. Officiating. I don't even horrible. want to touch on this. No, you don't. The league's a disaster for officiating. It's been a disaster in the playoffs. And you have the balls to say we have the best referees in the world. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a joke where Kucherov gets slashed in the back of the legs dives like he's an Olympic diver Weber gets uh fined five grand. I don't know that there was a penalty on the play either. And, you know, they allow, and I kind of put Brendan Gallagher at fault for this summer too, because he tried to hip toss a guy and the guy ended up driving his head into the ice and he wasn't wearing a helmet, but the refereeing has been atrocious. Nick Suzuki got punched in the face by McNabb in the Vegas series five feet in front of the ref and there was no call. So no Gary, you don't. And it kind of leads us kind of leads us into our first topic, which still goes with a Gary Bettman hiring, not just decision and statement, but a hiring that I think left both of us saying, Are you kidding me? Trevor, why don't you tell everyone what we're talking about here? Well, earlier today it was announced that the NHL was hiring Josh Richards, who works for Barstool. He's a Barstool employee. He does a podcast with uh, Dave Portnoy, the, the, the head guy on Barstool. They hired him to kind of be the face and the voice of the young crowd and fans of the NHL. Are you kidding me? You hired a guy from a network that is known for very bad taste in some of their podcasts. They're wildly outlandish. They are crude. They are, their, their view upon women and sometimes in sports is horrific. And you hired 
one of their employees to be the face and voice of the fans. Unbelievable, young fans, yeah. unbelievably ridiculous and short-sighted. Well, he's a TikTok star who has on Twitter, I, I don't have TikTok, so I'm not even going to bother trying to figure out how many followers he has. But this guy is got 2 million followers on Twitter. Here's the kicker. You can't see any of his tweets right now because something went wrong. Try reloading. Now, usually that's when someone's hitting their account, hitting their tweets, sometimes speculating. And I'm saying this based off the TikToks that people have put on Twitter of him. I think he's trying to get rid of anything that's going to make him look a little bad because I'm sorry. to delete his whole account. Yeah, this, this guy's been brought in to bring more young people into the game. Are you kidding me? Every video I've seen of him has been him lip syncing rap songs with foul language in it while flipping the bird. This is what you want to bring in. This is how you're going to grow the game with the youth. I'm sorry, NHL, Gary Bettman, whatever person this brainchild hire was from. You're wrong. Are you kidding me? This is not something you want to associate with your game. Barstool as in itself is very polarizing. Very. There is no middle ground with it. You either hate them or you love them. And if you love them, it's, it's questionable because they, they say so many things that are inappropriate and their views, they attack people. If you go and say something against them, they've got people that on their staff that go out there and just put things out about you and go at you. I don't agree with this. I think there's better ways to grow the game for the youth. Now, what is the one thing that hockey is? It's not accessible to everybody. So NHL, you want to bring in the youth? I don't think that's an issue because a lot of kids want to play hockey. A lot of kids want to be the next Connor McDavid, Johnny Goudreau, Elias Pedersen, all Uh those Brock Bessers, right? They already want to play hockey. They already watch the game because their parents do and they get involved and they enjoy it they want to do it the biggest problem is a a middle-class family can't afford to go into hockey a middle-class family can't afford to put their kids in the camps and everything to help them get better if they do have that talent to move on and try and go juniors college university whatever have the slim 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 chance to play professional hockey if you want to help make it more affordable for the parents, you already have the audience, but if you want to grow the game, do something to help grow it. You want to grow the game with the youth. Then why don't you also get involved with the women's professional leagues and grow that the WNBA is huge. Why? Not just because they are talented and good basketball players, great basketball players, but the NBA, the men's league is deeply involved with it. The NHL has done nothing to help the women's professional game at all. And there are a lot of talented women who play hockey throughout the world. So the NHL should then, do you want to grow the game with the youth? You want to get the youth into it? Boys and girls? You have the NHL start off. All seven Canadian teams get associated and have a women's pro team with them. You take Seattle, Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, New York, Boston, 
Pittsburgh, Philly, Washington, one of them. And you make a 14-team league and you start there. That's how you grow the game. You give the young kids, boys and girls, an opportunity to play. Grow the grassroots game, not through some tick, 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 tock star with millions of followers that is so out of touch because he's also a millionaire for nothing. He's a millionaire because he can rap along or sorry, lip sync along and puts videos out on TikTok and went viral once. Come on. Are you kidding me? This is not how you grow the game. You grow the game by making it accessible and affordable for the parents to put their kids in. You already got them. Everybody wants to wear their favorite player's jersey, shirt, whatever. You just need to help get them in the game. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on this one. I applaud the creativity of what they're trying to do. I do actually think they need to try to create a bigger online social media presence. Getting a TikTok star, that idea, that concept actually isn't a terrible idea. I'm actually going to give them some kudos on this. I'm not, I don't like who they've picked for this at all. Surely to God, there was someone better than Josh Richards to do this. And maybe they could have got a few of them. I'm going to applaud the idea of thinking outside the box and trying to get in with what the kids are interested in these days. The kids are interested in social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. That is how you, you gain. There's a reason these Instagram, these TikTokers make millions of dollars because millions and millions and millions of people see it. So I personally believe they are on the right track there in trying to grow the game, but there had to have been better options. There really had to have been. I think it started a couple of years ago and I think they were on the right track, but it's kind of changed the Vegas gold Vegas golden Knights Twitter feed in their first couple of seasons was one of the best follows in the NHL. It constantly had very creative material and it was entertaining. I think one place to start would be mandating the team's, to have really good social media presence and really good tweeters. I do think they need to get more of an Instagram following, a TikTok following. Absolutely, they need to do that. But I also believe with you, Ken, they do need to make it accessible to everybody. Hockey is ridiculously expensive. Ridiculously expensive. I'm st- I wish my son played hockey. I can't afford it. I'm glad he does it. There's no way I can afford that. So... I don't mind the concept of it, but in true NHL fashion, the execution of it, piss poor. Like yeah. they, again, they can't get out of their own way on this one. So I will say, I agree that they do need to think outside the box and that you're right. This, what they did here by going to someone to TikTok with that kind of, you know, because that is now the new, the new rage. TikTok is everywhere, right? I'm a 40 year old man, so I don't have it. Don't want I it. Don't lie. The wife has it. I see it through that way, but I don't like oh. that's the only ways that I see it. And it's usually just funny dog ones. So I'm okay with that, but it is the new way. And I, I agree with you because actually you brought the Vegas golden Knights. You want a good follow, follow the Carolina hurricanes. Yes. Their Twitter account follow. is all, they got blocked by the Nashville predators yes, after the playoff awesome. series because <laughs> they just kept rubbing it in and rubbing it in. Nashville actually blocked them for a little bit. So I thought that was great. And you're right. What is the one thing that the NHL does not have? It's personality. 
Well, there is no personality in this. They they have a rich TikTok star doing this now. So rich going to the rich. What's the one thing that's tradition in hockey, whether you're in the NHL, down to high school, down to league prep, whatever, it's wearing a suit to the game. Yeah. Again, that's added cost for, for a family. But if you wanted to do it, like look at the NBA. That's just nothing but personality. You don't need social media people to try and draw people in because everybody goes to the players and wants to see their, their personalities on display. Right. And I think hockey needs to loosen up a bit. Get rid of the suits. The Canucks did it for two games, I think, last year in the playoffs. Where they, they got vilified showed... for it. Right. Because they showed personality. They didn't go with the norm. Right. But they did. But they won those games. Right. They did something different. They showed some personality. And I think the game needs more of that. It doesn't need to be this stiff, you know, suit and tie. Like, no, I bet you these guys. Most of them, if it's not for hockey, would rather not yeah. be wearing suits. Yeah, right? I don't need to hear Dion Phaneuf talking about sticks on the ice, dumping and chasing, and we gave 110%. Oh, that's that insert it's, player it's name here. Yeah, it, it's exactly. the same thing. It's, the, the players are actually trained to talk to the media, and they're trained to say, keep your head up, keep your stick on the ice, and dump and chase. It, it, it's the stock answers are ridiculous. And then you get people like Jeremy Roenick who spoke outside of the box and had personality. PK Subban have personality and they get vilified for it. It's ridiculous. Let uh, these Jeremy, people, J- Jeremy, Jeremy Roenick like... deserves it now. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's done some uh, distasteful things, but yeah. at the time, yeah, he was a colorful personality and a fresh, uh, a breath of fresh air. The NHL absolutely needs more of this. Yeah. Like, look at him and Patrick Waugh back in the day when they asked Patrick, oh, Jeremy's been saying this. Oh, I can't hear him. I got my two Stanley Cups in my ears, two Stanley Cup rings in my ears. You need that personality because you're just going to, you will lose those younger people because it's all about personality and this and that now. Look at, like, the today's Blue Jays game was on YouTube. Because that's another way they're trying to get to the younger crowd. Yeah, the younger and crowd. Very unique, very unique broadcast perspective on that too. Yeah, and that's what the CFL needs to do: is get away from the younger people. Want streaming? The younger people want YouTube. They don't want to have to go and spend one hundred and fifty dollars on cable just to watch a game. Yeah, right. So I'm with you in applauding the thinking outside the box, as you said, piss poor execution yet again. Yeah. Well, let us know what you guys think. Do you guys like the hire of Josh Richards? Reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at the BleacherCon1 and Ken is at the BleacherCon2. Speaking of social media. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have the following of 2 million people. So (laughs) So moving on to the next topic on Are You Kidding Me? And this one is a contract that was recently signed. And Ken and I kind of both want to weigh in on let's say the pros and cons and do we, do we like it or what are our thoughts on it? So Ken, why don't you fill the listeners in? So for this, are you kidding me? It's, it goes with the Oilers signing Ryan Nugent Hawkins to a eight year, $41 million contract. So is that his cap is going to be five and change throughout. And the reason I think for myself, I kind of went, are you 
kidding me is twofold. One, the length of the contract. Yes. He's 28 years old. Eight years, he's going to be 36. And we'll get into that. The second reason for me was, are you kidding me, Edmonton? You now also gave him a no movement clause. You also have to protect him in the expansion draft. If you waited three and a half weeks, you wouldn't have had to. You could have protected someone else. Don't tell me that the league doesn't know that teams are going to do this. There's a reason why the Canucks haven't signed any UFAs pending on their team. Why Alex Edler doesn't have a contract yet if he is coming back. And so they don't have to protect him and Seattle can pass right by him. The timing of this is odd and the length of this contract is odd. I really don't have any issue with the amount of money. But it has, we have, you and I as a Flames fan and me as a Canucks fan, we have contracts on our teams that looked good at the time for what they were getting that really haven't turned out well in the end. Yeah, and Ken would be referring to the famous Louis Erickson six years by $6 million deal. Wow, Louis Erickson makes more per than Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Wow, that really just came to me. <laughs> and didn't. Milan Lucic at the time signing what was it a seven-year, forty-two seven, million, seven, seven by, was it seven, or seven? six by seven or seven by six? Yeah. Whatever it was, it was a Too bad much. contract. I'm with you on this one. To me, the length of the contract is highly questionable. Highly questionable. I don't have a huge issue with the dollar figure. He actually took a pay cut. Yep. over last year the guy wants to be in Edmonton I'm going to give Ryan Nugent Hopkins full credit here he wants to play in Edmonton good on him he wants to play his whole career there he wants to never win a Stanley Cup there good on him I I I, I will applaud him for wanting to be the franchise leader in games played by the time he's done this contract like that means a lot but could they not have done this in a five-year deal and then if he really wanted to stay kept going kind of the joe thornton-esque kind of you know one by one one by one one by one like if he really wanted to be there they probably could have actually signed him to a bit of a shorter deal and then saved some money towards the end of this so he's gonna be 36 when this contract is over those years 34 35 36 could be ugly and at that time, that $5 million or five and change really, really could sting the Edmonton Oilers in their cap situation. Who knows? The cap by then might be $250 million per season. And if I think, hey, if this TikTok thing works out, maybe it will be. Yeah. <laughs> but I really have issue with the length of this contract. I'm with you 100% of that. I also have a slight not so much an issue. I, maybe I've just, I don't understand the value that Oilers fans and the Oilers, you know, think Ryan Nugent Hopkins is worth. He's never scored 30 goals. He's never hit the 70 point plateau. He's a minus player in his career. He's won one playoff series in, who's been there for seven years on now. Like maybe this was the time they should have cut bait on him. They really haven't done anything with him. He's not that high of a producer. He's a minus player. Why are we so high on him? He's a good hockey player, but 
to go and commit eight years to a guy's declining years, probably like he only had 35 points last year in, in 50, what, 53 or whatever games he ended up playing. He had less five on five points than Milan Lucic. Are you worried that is this now what he is again? That's, I think they're taking a risk. I appreciate the fact he wants to be there and good on him because not every player wants to play there, but I'm a little iffy on this deal. It, it could really, in my opinion, backfire on the Edmonton Oilers. So he's been with, with the team since the 2011, 2012 season. He's going into his 10th season. Wow. He has, you've won nothing with this guy in 10 years twice played 82 games he has an 80 game season in there and he has 52 out of 56 so very injury prone four out of those seasons he hasn't finished a complete season and i i don't really have anything against nugent hawkins i he what he was their second number one overall pick he's been there he's been there for 10 years he's their guy he's He's Oilers through and through. I think for him, he has realized where he where he fits on that team, and it's not a top six player. Ideally, he's, he shouldn't be a top six player on that. No, team. but I think I think he shortchanged himself a little bit here because I think, like you talked about, a, a shorter contract. So let's stay with that first. I think they would have had to pay him more. I think he took the five mil per season over the eight because he wanted to get paid. Yeah. And I think he did them a favor by going eight and five, like eight years. I do. I million. agree with that. I think he, he took, he definitely did the Oilers a favor because McDavid took an eight year dry sidles taken an eight year. He's now taken an eight year, but you still got to sign darn on there. So you still got to sign Adam Larson and for a player of his tenure, and stature as a number one first overall pick, he probably could have got paid more somewhere else. He could have gone to uh, a team like maybe Anaheim or San Jose or one of the other lower teams, New Jersey, and, and put himself in the top six, made him a number one, you know, top line guy. But he stayed, I don't, I think he shortchanged himself by staying. I think he could have maybe gotten more and he could have been put in a different, better situation for himself to win. I mean, 10 years in in the, in the league with one team, he's now going to be 18 years with one team. And I, I don't know that they can win. I mean, the Oilers went out, they got swept in the first round again. I don't see them winning. I don't see it being beneficial for him. We, and Hey, we were both wrong on the Canadians. Maybe we'll be wrong on the Oilers going forward. I hope not, but I don't get it. I just, the whole things are, are you kidding me? Why? And why did you sign them for while well, you have to now protect them? I just can't understand that. That's bad. Business. That's Peter Shirelli ask right there. <laughs> wow. He's throwing the shade at the Oilers with a Shirelli comment. If you're going to make dumb moves, expect to, expect to get some heat. The, I'm cranky. It's too hot. <laughs> Again, I'm going to give Nuge a bit of respect here. The fact that he wants to be there. He also played his junior career two hours down the road in Red Deer, Alberta, where he was there for roughly, what, three, four seasons. So he, he clearly likes playing in this area. I, 
I have all the time in the world for a guy who pretty much says, I want to spend my career with one team. I really do. It's rare. It's rare. It, that it, it is happens. very rare. So on that side of things, I have a ton of respect for Ryan Nugent Hopkins on this, but on the business side of hockey, I just, you, you mentioned it. He shortchanged himself. He really did. He probably cost himself $2 million a season out on the open market. Cause I bet a team like New Jersey could have gone seven by seven to bring him in. I, I absolutely think he shortchanged himself on that side of things, but good on him. If that's where he wants to play. And if he wants to play with McDavid and Dreisaitl, good on him. I, I can't fault that. But if you really think you're going to win there, I'm with you. I just, I think what happened in the playoffs this year to that team is something that might happen again and again until they learn to play tough hockey. And is he going to win there? I don't, I don't know if they are, if he, if he will win there. So. Well, I mean, let, let's be real. You look at the goaltending there and you have no idea what's what it's going to be. Who do they buy out? If they don't buy out Koskinen, you're still only left with Staylock and net. And can you really count on Mike Smith to have a regular season like he did? I'm not counting on that. Yeah. 41 year old Mike Smith. Can you, can you count on being like top five goaltending in the league again? I'm going to venture a guess and say no. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has a no movement clause through every year of this deal. Every year. So when this deal comes down to the year, to the last year, wow. In the last few years, if he's playing 30 games a season because of injury and not producing, which he you're, does have an injury history. You're stuck with them. You cannot move them. And I mean, at the end of the at the end of the deal, the last four, uh, three years is still four point seven five, three point seven five, and three point seven five. Even if he's in the minors, he's getting that kind of money. Like, it's a lot of money. And in that, in the last, in years, uh, in the last three years, the first two have a total of 3.75 million in signing bonuses as well. Yeah. So he's still getting paid a lot of money in the last three years of the deal. It's not even like you're front loading it to save actual money at the end. You're not, you're still, you're still paying a lot of money for him. Yeah. I just, I'm going to go back to the original point of you look at the Luke contracts, the Louis Erickson contract, the what was James the Neal. Andrew Ladd, James Neal. There is a ton of risk in going this long on a guy in his late 20s, going to be playing well into his mid-30s on this deal. And there is a ton of risk. There's a very good, there's very good short-term reward for the Edmonton Oilers. They have gained, like you say, this year and next year, roughly one to two million dollars in cap room. Very, very good short-term benefit for a team that's up against the cap. I'll give Holland a little bit of credit there. He did gain some cap space, but the last few years of this deal could be horrific. And we, we, time will tell on this one. Time will tell. He was the UFA before today, right? Going in. Cap-friendly, popular buyouts. The list goes James Neal, Miko Koskinen, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's already, like, they either haven't moved him or they've put him into a popular buyout 
with Andrew Ladd, Jake Furtanen, Tony D'Angelo, Zach Parise, and Louis Erickson. Wow. So he's already sitting there in the popular buyout category. And it's just like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, and again, I don't know who put him there, why he's there, but yeah, like a, a, a buyout on Ryan Nugent Hawkins, man, you're looking at a cap hit throughout the contract where it's insane. Like you'd be one, one and a half, almost 1.6 in the first two seasons. And the middle of it gets even pricier where it's 2.5, 4.3, 4.1. And then you're back to 2.8 where then it's one and a half from, well, no, sorry. Oh yeah. So you'd be paying this out till 2036, 37. If you bought it out today. Well, I'm going to take a venture guess. They're not going to buy it out today. No, not today. But when you get towards those last three seasons, you might turn five million of Ryan Nugent Hopkins over three years to six years at roughly two and a half million. Because those last three years, I'm I'm really worried about those last three years. And I actually like Nugent Hopkins as a player. I don't have an issue, even as a Flames fan, a Calgary Flames fan. I respect Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Like he he plays a good, solid brand of hockey. I'm not going to criticize that in one bit, but that end of that contract. I don't know. We should. Okay, so let's say he makes four years of this deal before they look to buy him out. And, and again, this is just us shooting the shit on it. Right. If you bought him out after four seasons, so first seasons, 2.16, 3.9, 3.6. And you're going to 2032, 33, where you're still paying over a million dollars against your cap. In, in a bio. So I, that's a tough one. I, I don't understand the whole eight year, no movement clause. I really think they should have somehow figured out a five or six year deal. I really do. Eight years is a long, long time. I think he would still would have been paying him 40 million though, over a five or six year deal, which. Yeah. But would that be such a terrible thing? Like you were just paying him $6 million. Did you really have an issue paying him $6 million. Could you not have come through with a six by six again and made something happen? Like that's very possible. So after Louis Erickson, no one's getting a six by six. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, other than Markstrom, other than Jacob but, Markstrom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a, it's an odd one. I am a little surprised he went back. I thought he would have tested the waters, given himself a chance to maybe take that kind of deal with someone who has a better chance to win. I, I don't I know. Think I think Edmonton has an okay chance to win. You've got Connor McDavid on your team, so you can win any game you feel like. I just, I'm sur- I personally am surprised he didn't test the open market at all. Cause you said it earlier, he sold himself short. So I'm with you on that. I'm surprised he did not test the open market. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, I was, I was a little surprised he shortchanged himself. That's right. Kind of shaking my head going, are you kidding me? Yeah. What are you doing? Oilers Nation, we really want to hear from you on this. What do you think of the Nugent Hopkins contract? Is eight years too long? Or does this guy just bleed the the blue and orange and you guys want him in your uniform? We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Twitter at the BleacherCon1 or Ken at the BleacherCon2. 
All right. Well, that's Are You Kidding Me for the week. We want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back. We're doing as many of these as we can, a couple shows a week. Uh, we love coming and talking hockey or sports in general with with our each other. And we want to hear what you guys think. We want to thank everyone for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone.